Welcome to the Gambling Chalk Talk Podcast, where we major in the wager. Podcast episode number 383. I'm joined by Nikki Guns in this one, and we give our NFL divisional round picks. We also talk about the coaching carousel in the NFL, and then we finish up the podcast with our national championship predictions in the Clemson and LSU game, the Battle of the Tigers. Remember, you can contact the coach and the Gambling Chalk Talk podcast on Instagram and Twitter at our handle, at TalkGambling. If you have any uh, questions or suggestions, you can you know, direct message us there. And uh, don't forget, use MyBookieAG. Use our promo code DARTH at checkout. You get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you do that. And all the free picks that we give you, whether it's NFL, college football, NBA, NHL from Darth Wager, or even Major League Baseball when that comes around, you get them free at www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. Click on the Amazon banner. It looks like my book, Code Blood Red. And then buy yourself something nice, and a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. I have two other books. Not only Code Blood Red, I got Fourth and Dead and Squeeze Play. You get that directly from my publisher, thewordverb.com. And uh, let's get to it. Podcast number 383 with Nikki Guns. The quiz this week, Nick. This is a, this is a young Nick, probably third, fourth grade. He, this guy was a first-round pick, number 18 overall in the 1983 draft by the Chicago Bears. He was an Olympic qualifier, but did not get to participate in the 1980 Olympics because the U.S. boycotted the Mos- Moscow Olympics. Willie Galt. Willie Galt. Yes. Yep. Also played for the Raiders. Yep. Had a pretty decent career. Um, played football at Tennessee. And, uh, you know, his time's in the hurdles. 50-meter hurdles. 6.56 seconds. And that was in 1992. It's not pretty impressive. Uh, 333 career receptions. 6,635 yards. 44 touchdowns. Willie Galt. Number 83 of the Chicago Bears. This is podcast 383. Guns, you got to start off with the coaching carousel. And it's all kind of ancestral in the, in the uh, NFL. And everything is, is kind of connected. Uh, Mike McCarthy gets the Cowboys job. He's going to command the room. And, you know, you know is Jerry Dunham do his marching orders? Jerry Dunham interfere? We'll find out. Matt Rule goes to Carolina. He calls up the Giants and says, hey, I know I'm supposed to interview there tomorrow. I got a pretty solid deal here. Seven years, $63 million. And the Giants basically say, take it. We're not giving you that much. Unproven NFL coach. We're not giving seven years, $63 million. The Giants decide we're not, gonna, <coughs> we're not going to interview Wink Martindale. Dick Martin, what's it? Is Martindale the guy from Wink Martindale? Wink. Is the guy from the the honey honey? What's the? the I think they, his nickname's Wink though. I think. Oh, is yeah, it okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. So he was like a game show host yeah. back in the sixties and seventies. All right. So they're not going to interview him. They're not going to interview um, uh, the other McDaniel's. They go with Joe Judge. So I had to look him up. And I, I tweeted a joke that you know I, I keep getting Beavis and Butthead with Mike Judge, the writer. And I keep getting Aaron Judge from the Yankees, who, who looks like a football player. He's a, a special teams guy. 
So I actually have a friend who's you know, related to somebody that has been a coach in the NFL for over 20 years, a special teams coach, and knows Joe Judge and says he's a very solid guy. He's going to need some solid coordinators around him, though, you know, because he's a special teams guy. I'm going to tell you why I like it. I, I didn't want McCarthy. We already had Macadon. Right? I don't want another Green Bay guy. You know, I know it's McAdoo's, you know, mentor, McCarthy. I don't want to go down that road again. I don't want an offensive guru. I don't want a defensive guru. I want a guy that's a leader of men. And leave the offensive coordinating stuff to the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinating stuff to the defensive coordinator, and coach the team and look at the big picture. And if you watch that playoff game between the Patriots and Titans, there's a guy that Belichick always has on his side. He's always chewing his ear and saying stuff and bouncing stuff off him. You know who that is? Joe Judge. So I'm hoping they get a couple good coordinators. I heard Jason Garrett. I wouldn't mind him as an OC. He did a good job as an offensive coordinator. I wouldn't mind Wade Phillips. Just got uh, released by the Rams. He's always good the first couple years as defensive coordinator. That might be a good one. So I know people are saying it's a panic hire. I saw the presser. He said football things. You know, you know. I'm not sure you can go put pads on every day and hit every day. I think that's kind of illegal in the, in the NFL Players Association rules. You might have to check on that. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not displeased at all. I know I wanted Mike Leach. So this is how it's connected. I wanted Mike Leach as coach of the Giants. I, I'm good with Joe Judge. Where was Joe Judge supposed to coach? Mississippi, Mississippi State. Where's Mike Leach? Mississippi State. And who's, who's at Mississippi? Lane Kiffin. The Egg Bowl is going to be interesting Thanksgiving. I think they play on Thanksgiving every year, don't they, in the afternoon? Or is it the day, day after? It's around that time, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that, that ought to be interesting. So your thoughts on Joe Judge <clears throat> and maybe getting Freddie Kitchens as a coach with him. So – uh, initially not impressed. Um, guy never heard of. I didn't, I didn't act like I knew who he was because I didn't, uh, did my research as, as you did. Um, everything that I've seen again, like you said, comes up looking good for him. Um, the fact that Belichick, uh, put a lot of trust in him and, um, really thought highly of him. And, uh, that was part of the reason that, uh, the Giants, were sold on him as uh, Belichick's praise for him. Belichick uh, went, I heard, above and beyond to give a recommendation for him. So so did Saban. Yep. So, hey, you know, we never know about these coaching hires. Uh, you know, one thing looks one thing on paper, and we're all just guessing until he goes out there and proves what he does. I think it's important, like you said, um, for him to hire good coordinators. Personally, I thought the enemy of Kansas City – would have been a good fit for the Giants. I heard he turned down the Giants interview. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay. I think think Matt Rule didn't really want to go there either. Okay. Because, and I don't think it's necessarily Gettleman. I think the ownership is fighting with each other, Tish and Mara. And there's a lot of, uh, let's say, family influence, like Jerry Jones has his son doing stuff. Um, The Crafts has his son doing stuff. And I think there's a lot of maybe people that haven't earned their stripes in the Giants organization as far as their jobs and what they're supposed to do in the NFL. And it might be a little bit of a shit show Mm. in the administration. 
because I'm surprised. Normally, they're a solid uh, organization, and uh, like I, I think, said, I think Mayor of the Sun, who now owns the team, is like Jerry Jones, except he doesn't doesn't hold press conferences. That's my opinion. Got it. Okay. So yeah, I, like I said, I thought the enemy would have been a good fit. Um, as far as Carolina goes and rule, I thought that was a good hire by them. Uh, they've invested heavily in him. Uh, he's got a seven-year window there where, you know, he's got his chance to turn things around. And everything I've heard from him is, uh, you know, same thing. Not super with the X's and O's, but good leader of men. Uh, gets the most out of people. Remember, he didn't have five-star recruits coming to Baylor or Temple, but everybody who played under him got better and played better. So um, NFL, though, the thing is he's got to hire a good coordinator because you're not just going to get by and out make it, creating better talent than everybody. You're going to have to have some X and O's um, up your sleeve. And then the last hire we're waiting for is those pathetic Cleveland Browns. And uh, I, people are giving them crap for hiring. Like, why are they setting a deadline for Saturday? They, they're the only team that needs a coach. This is why you don't wait. The assistant coaches matter. And if the longer you wait, yep. these assistant coaches get, are getting gobbled get, up. And yep. that's a big part of coaching in the NFL is the assistant coaches. And this is what I liked about what Joe Judge said. He doesn't have a system. He's going to put the players where they fit and how they fit, and he's building the, the team around the players. And that is freaking huge. Yep. And Belichick doesn't have a system. Nope. And I, I think that's hugely important because it's great that you're this run-and-shoot team, but if you freaking got Georgia Tech guys that are running the triple option, it does you no good to do that. you got to – it's exactly what Baltimore did. They built their team. Yep. Around Lamar Jackson. And that's the problem I see with Cleveland. It's like, so this is their, what, third head coach in three years? So, like, yeah. here you got this kid, Baker Mayfield, who's supposed to be your, you know, your foundation, your franchise quarterback. Now he's got to learn another system under a new head coach. They got to get the kind of players they want in there. And, uh, you know, I hear all this stuff about the upper management in Cleveland and how nobody wants to be a part of it or coach for them and, uh, just not a good situation if you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, I know my boy LeMay, he's been laying low, quiet. I but, heard they uh, might get my, the guy I wanted also the Giants to get, Jim Schwartz. Okay. Well, yep. I need to go Owen whatever with Detroit. Yeah, but, but he's a good defensive guy. But yeah. they've got a lot of talent in that team. It's just going to take the right guy to put it all together. So, and that division's not getting any easier. No. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing that Cleveland is putting a rush on getting a coach because I think you need to get good assistant coaches. So I – People are crapping on them for that. I don't think that's actually a bad idea because you've got to get a staff that's, that's good. I mean, look, look what happened to Cincinnati this year. They, that, that guy couldn't get assistance to coach with them, probably because Cincinnati doesn't pay anything. But No, but I mean, people are setting themselves up for next year already. Yeah. So, yeah, they want to be locked yeah. in place. So, All right. So last week, the, the picks, mine weren't so hot. Mine, mine weren't either. <laughs> I uh, I gave picks uh, as for um, you yeah, know my best bets went 0 four. I picked all four games; they went 0 four. <laughs> you went two and two. Your best bets, I believe, what did you go two and two also? I know New England was my lock; they didn't hit. No, so yeah, it's a new week. We go to the divisional round, and uh, let's let's go with the Saturday games before we take a break here. Uh, the Vikings, first game, Saturday at 4.30. Vikings are, are getting seven points at the Niners. The game total is 44. What do you like in this one, Nick? 
Um, so let me first just give a little little overview on uh, divisional rounds and how they've uh, been going and how they go. So last year uh, <clears throat> in the divisional round, home teams went 4-0. Uh, in the past two years, home teams have gone 7-1. and So one upset in the last four uh, two years as far as underdogs go um, coming off that wild card weekend. Uh, the last team to go to the Super Bowl – out of the wild card, eight years ago, the 2012 New York Giants. Ravens. Oh, the Ravens. The Giants Ra- were the year before. Yes. Uh, so since 2012, the year the Raider, uh, Ravens went, home teams in the divisional round, 19-5. and five. So and It's usually 4-0, 3-1. Right. So that's why having that bye is so big and so huge. Uh, you can ask New England about that. It, it's just... You're sitting back with a week to rest and a week to a game plan versus these teams that are fighting for their lives. So, um, <clears throat> Minnesota San Fran. Um, I was impressed with Minnesota last week. I was impressed with uh, Mr. Kirk Cousins. Um, I think this you game. Like yeah, you know, I loved. I loved him in the locker room afterward, uh, screaming that. Um, I think this game. It's very important to whoever jumps out in front. This game. I think. Uh, Whichever team can play with a lead uh, or, you know, remain within striking distance is big because both teams want to run the football. Um, Minnesota is plus 11 in takeaway differential, which is fifth best in the league. Um, They are the sixth best best rushing team in the league, and you saw it last week with Dalvin Cook. Uh, It looked like those two weeks off rejuvenated him. He looked great. Cousins had a huge game last week. Um, That 1 o'clock start was huge. And Minnesota's 13th against the run on defense. Um, the thing I was figuring here, so a 4.30 West Coast time start is really a 1.30 East Coast oh, time yeah. start, right? right so right. Cousins should remain on track with his routine pretty close here. The only difference, um, you know, they played on Sunday last week. They're playing on Saturday this week, so that's a change. And it's also one less day of uh, practice and game planning for them, so... Uh, but Cousins should be on schedule this game, and he's he's uh, over 60% against the spread, 64% when he uh, plays at 1 o'clock East Coast time. The other factor here is um, Minnesota's coach, when he plays a non-divisional team, a team that's not familiar with him, he covers over 70% of the time against the spread. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, San Francisco... Got to worry about a little bit here. Garoppolo making his first playoff start as a quarterback. That plays a factor. They did not do well last uh, week. Uh, They went one and two quarterbacks making their first start. Uh, They are the second best rushing team in the league, the 49ers. Problem is they are 17th in stopping the run. If they do not slow down that Minnesota running game, it's going to be a long game for the the, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Their defense has struggled the last eight games. Uh, they've given up around 24 points a game, which is not not good for them. Um, and I said it before, but I'll say it again. Since 2013, first-time NFL quarterbacks in the playoffs, 6-17. and 17. So I wonder Garoppolo in, in a tough situation, is he going to be able to make the play if they're not able to run the ball? My play here is I'm going to take Minnesota getting those seven points, and I will sprinkle a little on the money line. So is that a lock this week? It's not a lock. Not a lock. (laughs) All right. So this is one of my locks. I'm I'm taking the Vikings in the seven points. 
I don't think they win the game. I think that's just a little bit too many points uh, for this Vikings team. Two very similar offenses, about 50-50 split with the run and pass. Third down conversions are pretty even on the offensive side. The Minnesota red zone offense is slightly better. Uh, the defense is slightly better for on third down for uh, the Niners, but Minnesota's better in the red zone. Uh, I can't pick... I can't take the Vikings to win it outright. They're not going to win it on the field. San Francisco's outgaining opponents by 100 yards a game this year, and Minnesota's just by 15. Uh, the, line, the Niners' splits in the passing game are much worse at, at home, at Levi's Stadium. They just don't throw the ball well there, and I think that keeps, keeps the Vikings in the game. Uh, the Niners' defense definitely doesn't need to play the way, the way they did at the beginning of the season. Uh, so... You know, again, this is like a one o'clock start. I wrote the same thing down. Uh, so, <clears throat> both teams pretty good in the red zone on offense. Uh, Vikings defense pretty good in the red zone. I, I think the Vikings keep this close the whole game long. I think uh, I'm I'm leaning towards the under. I'm not going to bet it, but I really like the Vikings to cover this one. I am concerned about the offensive line for the Vikings. It's not great. You're on the road. They played really well last week. I don't know if they can do back-to-back weeks on the road playing well. I will take San Francisco in a low-scoring close one against the Vikings. Give me the Vikes. Lock it up in those seven points. This is like this might even be like a 13-10 game. It's gonna be like a. This is gonna be one of those funky score games to me. So that's the first Saturday game. Next Saturday game, 8:15, the prime time game. <laughs> Got over about midnight, right, last last week. Uh, the Titans are getting 9.5 at the Ravens. The total is 46.5 points, and this is my coach's clipboard lock of the week. Give me the Ravens. I'll, I'll, I'll give the 9.5. I think the spread should be about 11.5. This is a mismatch, and, and, and it's dramatic. The Ravens are the best offense at converting third downs 47% of the time. They're the second-best offense in the red zone, converting TDs at a 67% rate. Their red zone offense is second only to the Titans. The Titans are very good in the red zone, but this is the catch. The Ravens are the number one team in the league at getting to the red zone. They get to the red zone four times a game. The Titans might be the best team at scoring in the red zone, but they're 25th in the league. They only get to the red zone 2.8 times per game. The Ravens have the old line advantage. The pass protection for the Titans is not good. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Tannehill in this game. The Ravens' secondary is healthy. They, feeds off, they feed off those rush throws. Defensively, the Titans are 30th in the league in stopping teams on third down, and you're going against the best third down, third down offensive team in the Ravens. Derrick Henry is a beast, but he won't be on the field enough to help them. The Ravens have the advantage on the defensive line. The coaching advantage is the Ravens, but Ravens did a nice job last week. I'll give them that. And, of course, the QB advantage goes to Lamar Jackson this year. I think this is a blowout game. Give me the Ravens. I'll lay the 9.5 points. What you got, Nick? So before I uh, give the breakdown of this game, um, I just got something I would like to say to Patriot Nation out there, (laughs) Uh, especially Mr. Aces, who's been in mourning all week. And Mr. Piero. So could we just have a moment of silence here, please? I, I think I hear taps playing in the background. Is that taps? 
Is, is that the Patriots dynasty I hear? Oh, they're folding. They're folding the Patriot flag. Pat the Patriot is crying right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, so sad. Tom. Tom Brady's coming back though, folks. Patriot Nation. Tom Brady. Coach Belichick. You were a worthy adversary. You lost Joe Judge, though, to the Giants. <laughs> you may have been the greatest dynasty of all time, but all good things come to an end, brother. And it is over. The dynasty is over. It's so sad. You had a lot of Super Bowl wins. You should be happy. And now we get to the matchup of <laughs> The Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. I can see how you're leaning blowout here. Um, first, I'm going to give you a quiz to start the, sh- the, the game here. This is the first game in the history of the NFL where there are five Heisman Trophy winners participating. Ooh, okay. Can you name the five? You got um, the guy that was on Redskins, R- R- G- RG3. Yep. You got Lamar Jackson. Yep. Uh, you got, uh, is it Mark Ingram? Yep. Um. Ooh, boy. Two Titans. Uh, two Titans. You got Derrick Henry? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Is another, another Titan? Oh, uh, the backup quarterback, Mariota. You got it. That's yes. all five. Yes. All five. So um, I could see this game getting off the rails here, but here's why I don't think it's going to happen. Um Baltimore Ravens have looked unbelievable. Uh, I think their last loss has been September. It's been 14 games in a row. Uh, there's, they've struggled maybe twice in that time, once with the Steelers. Uh, they were on the verge on that game. of getting. They pulled it out, though, and then they also struggled with um, Buffalo, two physical teams uh, that can play physical football and run the football and stop the football. I think Tennessee is one of those physical teams that can give Baltimore trouble. Uh, Baltimore, the one trouble they've had on defense, and it doesn't show up in the stats because they only give up about 93 yards a game. But when teams are able to hang around the game, they're giving up 4.4 yards a play on the run. Normally, the stats lie there because teams get so far behind, they have to bail on the run and throw the ball. And if that's the case against uh, ten- uh, with Tennessee this week, then this game will be a blowout. Um, Baltimore plus 10 in t- takeover differential. Uh, They are the number one rushing team in the league. I worry about Lamar and a lot of those guys having three weeks off. I think there'll be some rust, uh, especially in the first quarter, and I think that allows Tennessee to hang around. Games where the Ravens this year, the games they've given up over 140 yards rushing, they're just 2-2. and Tennessee, I've never seen a team run the ball and run it down somebody's throat like Tennessee did last week against New England. Belichick pulled out all the stops, all the tricks, made halftime adjustments. He went with that defense they used against the Rams with 60 linemen. Still couldn't stop Henry. He was gashing him. Um, I think Vrabel is going to come in there and try to establish the run. I think he knows Baltimore is going to sell out to stop the run. Um, Tannehill has been very good this year off play action and very good passing when you know, when teams aren't sitting back waiting for it. So I think he's going to be able to make some plays early and keep them in the game. Tennessee's the 12th best team stopping the run. And I wonder, 
Vrabel being, uh, you know, playing a lot of years for Belichick and, uh, you know, you saw him use his own shenanigans against Belichick last week. I wonder if he comes up with something up his sleeve some way like the Chargers did last year of slowing this ground game down. I wonder if he's smart enough to come up with some type of defensive scheme. Uh, he played linebacker a lot of years in the league. It, it would not surprise me if they came out in some type of hybrid defense to take away that ground attack. Um, Henry, the last seven games has rushed for last seven games, 1,078 yards. He has been a man on fire. He looked like a man running against boys last week. Uh, I just don't know a, a guy running this hot if he slows down at all. Uh, my only worry with Tennessee is their kicker, Greg Joseph, has yet to attempt a playoff field goal. <laughs> they <but> might not. <laughs> he might not. But I just think this is a game of, you know, we always say this, uh, these, these, it's a game of, of styles and matchups. And I think if Baltimore could have picked a team they did not want to face in the first round, I think they would have not wanted to face Tennessee, a team that can run it right back at them like they run, a team that can play physical with a quarterback who's capable of making throws. I'm, I'm going to give you my five-star stone-cold lock of the week, and that's the under in this game. Right. I think with both teams running the ball as well as they do, this game is going to fly by. Uh, that clock's going to be moving the entire game. So I love the under here, and I'm going to take Tennessee with the points I don't think they win the game, but I think they keep it close. All right, so your lock of the week. That's your that's your five star five star stone cold lead pipe lock of the oh, week is the under. And that's a good time. Take a break. Please be sure to visit www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com and get all the free picks from the podcast guys, NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, even Major League Baseball. They're all free at www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. Click on the Amazon banner ad. It looks like my book, Squeeze Play, and it takes you right to Amazon. You buy yourself something nice with all those winnings we've been giving you with the picks, and a little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show at no additional cost to you. Again, visit www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. And we're back, and I am just still laughing over taps playing in the background. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was that was outstanding. I didn't know you were doing that. I was just saying taps in the background, and you actually had it queued up. That was that was awesome. Uh, Sunday, three o'clock. The Texans are getting nine and a half points at the Chiefs. The total is fifty-one. Nick, what do you have in this one? So the first two games I, I felt were both going to be close, and the, uh, I won't give away my last game here, that Seattle-Green Bay, but put it this way. I think every game is going to be close this week, uh, despite what the stats say in the past. I think uh, the NFL and parity nowadays that these games are all going to be tight, except for this one. Uh, I think this is the one blowout of the week. I'll lock it up with Kansas City. I know nine and a half is a lot to lay, but uh, – I think Mahomes and Andy Reid and that offense are ready to explode. Uh, these teams played earlier this year. Uh, I thought Houston stole one from Buffalo last week. I think uh, Watson just put the team on his back and carried them to that victory. Um, they played earlier this year. The Texans won. But during that game, Mahomes was banged up with that ankle injury. Hill was on a snap count, and he still scored two touchdowns against them. And they had no Chris Jones, possibly their best defender. Um, Kansas City's offensive stats are just ridiculous. Uh, fifth most passing yards a game. Uh, they're plus eight in turnover differential, which is seventh in the league. 
They have the fifth best passing offense. Um, little history here. They're one in seven since '93 at home in the playoffs. The Chiefs, which is not Ooh. good, and they're one in five in the divisional round. Um, big advantage though here. Uh, Andy Reid off a bye, including the playoffs, eighteen and three. Um, I think this is one of those ambush games. I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Kansas City, but I know it's going to be cold. I don't know if there's any, uh, you know, snow or anything, but I think Kansas City's offense is ready to explode. Um, what is Houston? What what do they not do well on defense? They don't stop the pass. They're 29th against the pass, 25th against the run. Um, I thought Buffalo had a chance to put that game away last week and blow them out, uh, but Houston managed to hang around. I think that's not going to be the case with Kansas City. Uh, they will go for the dagger early. I could see this one being over by halftime. Uh, Houston's defense does not create turnovers. Not much else to say here. Kansas City's defense is playing a lot better. I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I'm going to lock them up. All right. I'm, I'm with you on the Chiefs. I'm not betting it, though. Uh, the Chiefs, very good on third down. Uh, they're converting about 47% against playoff teams on third down as well. Houston's also good on third down. They're ninth in the league, 41% uh, versus playoff teams in, in on third down. <clears throat> Uh, the red zone, the Texans are 63% in the season, 72% in the playoffs. And that kind of scares me in this one because if they get in the red zone, I think they convert because the Chiefs are just not strong at stopping teams when they get into the red zone. Uh, the, the teams have moved the ball. Uh, teams have moved the ball very well against the Chiefs all year. They're 26 in the league. They allow three and a half red zone trips each game, and the Texans are good at cashing in when they get in the red zone. So that scares me from – betting this game because it's nine and a half and I think a backdoor cover is a possibility with uh, Deshaun Watson. The Chiefs O-line is playing pretty good and pass protecting. Uh, the D-line is in top third of the league getting after the passer. Um, so I, but I think Deshaun Watson kind of neutralizes that because he moves so well. Even though he got sacked seven times, he made the big play when he needed to last week. It was, he was dead to rights, got hit by two people, still completed that big pass. The QB advantage, I think it's a slight edge to the Chiefs. Two very good quarterbacks in this game. O-line advantage, slight edge to the Chiefs, especially because they're at home. And I think the home field advantage is a big factor in offensive line play more than anything else. The D-line play, I'm going to say, is a wash. I thought Watt played pretty well last week. I think he's going to create chaos up front. Not that he's going to do a lot of pressure, but you have to game plan for him. I think he helps the guys around him. I think the coaching battle goes to Andy Reid. He was better off of, of, off the bye with the Eagles. I think it was like something like twenty and one, off the bye with the Eagles. He's only six and three off the bye with the Chiefs. You know, one of those losses with the Chiefs is an overtime loss to the Giants. His playoff record, coming off a bye, is five and zero. Oh. Uh, not counting the Super Bowl, of course. Um, but since two thousand three, uh, Andy Reid after buys against the spread is thirteen and eight. And that kind of scares me as well. So I'm going to lean with the Chiefs, but I'm afraid to take it because I think Deshaun Watson's a backdoor cover waiting to happen. I actually like the under in this game a little bit. Uh, 51.5 seems a little bit high. Um, and, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if, you know, the Texans coming off that win, if they even get shut out. It, it could be something silly like that. So, but I, that's why I'm not betting the under either. But I, I'm leaning towards the under in that one. So there you have that. Now we're on the last game, 6.40 Sunday night. We're going to have to stay up late on Sunday, Nick. They push that time back so it almost hits like the prime time window. That's uh, the, uh, smart of them. Yep. yep. 
I wish they would do basketball games and baseball games at 640 rather than 830 at yeah, freaking night. Me it'd be, too. It'd be nice for us East Coast people. Yep. Uh, Seahawks are at the Packers. Seahawks are getting four points. The total is 47. I have a lock in this one. I am lo- I am locking the first half under at 23 points in this game. Uh, I think this is going to look a lot like that Seahawks and Eagles game. I don't trust that Packers offense. I think the offensive line advantage goes to the Packers, especially at home. The Seahawks offensive line played pretty well last week. But I don't think, again, just like the Titans and, and uh, the Vikings, you're asking them to play two good offensive line games on the road back-to-back weeks. I'm not sure that happens. The Packers defense fairly strong. Uh on, on third down, uh, the Seahags are pretty good too. The pivotal D-line battle, I, I think this is a split. The, I think both teams are pretty good at D-line. The Packers, not so good against the run, but the Seahawks are so banged up at running back, and I, I'm not a believer in their offensive line. I don't think they can take advantage of that weakness for the Packers. The Seahags uh, you know, are decent at stopping the run, not so good at pressuring the passer. So you're giving Aaron Rodgers... Time to make the time to make throws, and I think he's going to be very motivated. Not only because it's a playoff game, but the 49ers beat those Vikings. He's going to be very motivated to go back home, Northern California, and avenge that loss early in the year where it was a shit show. Right? The coaching battle, I, I like Pete Carroll on this one. Uh, he had loads of experience over uh, Pete Lafer. Uh, I know it's Matt LaFleur, but Pete LaFleur did a bang-up job doing average, taking average Joes to the championship in that dodgeball game. Uh, this is his first NFL playoff game. I think this is a different uh, set of circumstances. I'm back in the pack. Uh, I think the Seattle good fortune of playing close games runs out this, this year in Lambeau. I think the Packers win by a touchdown. I'll take the Packers. I'm not going to bet it, but I'll take the Packers. But I'm locking up the under 23 in the first half. I uh, agree with a lot of what you said, except I'm going the other way, and I'm going to lock up Seattle. I'm, I'm oh, going to a lock fight. I'm going to stay on that Wilson train. Um, I think this guy, if it wasn't for uh, Lamar setting the league on fire, he's he's your MVP with that, that team around him. Um, I mean, if I had to pick that one quarterback to win me a game, and it's Rodgers or uh, Russell, I'm taking Russell right now, hands down. Um, I agree with you. Um, Seattle's... 27th in the league against the pass. I I just don't know if, if Green Bay is good enough to take advantage of it. They've not been good this year throwing the ball. They've been much better running the ball. Uh, Seattle couldn't run a lick last week. Uh, I think they ran for under 40 yards as a team, and that is Green Bay's weakness. Uh, they're 23rd against the run, but like you said, I don't think they can take advantage of it. Um, I like that under in the first half. I think these two teams are going to uh, play it safe. Uh we know Carroll always plays it safe. He always port, punts on fourth and one. I think he's going to sit back and, and uh, look for the rookie Green Bay coach to possibly get tight and uh, see who makes the first mistake. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Seattle uh, plays conservative early. Uh, one stat here that bothers me um, that makes me not be my five-star of the week, and that is uh, the weather. When the temperature is below 30, Rodgers is 5-1 and one as a starting quarterback. Uh Russell, on the other hand, 0-3, career in Lambeau Field. He's never won. And when the temperature is below 30, he's 0-2. It's going to be 20 degrees in Lambeau. So Russell's going to have to break that uh, 
the jinx of the weather, but I think he can do it. I think he's having a magical year, and I think the magic continues. And uh, I think they'll be playing uh, championship football next weekend. I will take Seattle to win the game on the field. Very good. So potential matchups for, for AFC and NFC championship. If the, the Vikings win and the Packers win, you got Vikings-Packers. That's a pretty good – Round three. That, yep. That's a pretty good – Absolutely. If the Seahawks win and Niners win, it's round three, three for them. them. Yes. That's pretty good. Yep. If it's Niners Packers, you got the Rodgers going back to Northern California, yeah. and that's, that's and that's a historic. I mean, they've matched up over the years, right? right? Right. Yep. And then you could have Seahawks Vikings, which isn't bad no, either. Not no. great, but that's probably the worst of the three. Yep. yep. The AFC, however, there's one we all want to see in the AFC. We want Chiefs Ravens. That's right. And if it's Texans Titans, how disappointing is that? Yeah, that ain't going to happen. But so yep. you know, we, we need. There, there's a lot of possible great matchups in that NFC, yep. but that. The AFC, yep. it's got to be Ravens-Chiefs. Yep. It's got to be. Yep. It's got to be. All right, let's take a break, and then uh, I'm going to talk some national championship college football. Coming up next. Thanks to our show supporter, AG. Everybody listens to the show to find out who to bet on. Where you bet is just as important. Go to www.mybookieag. They have live in-game betting the most rewarding player perks in the business, and a mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Just visit MyBookieAG, that is M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Use the Gambling Chalk Talk podcast promo code DARTH, D-A-R-T-H, to activate this offer. Be like the Chalk Talk sports guys and major into wager. You play, you win, you get paid at MyBookieAG. Monday, Nick, the national championship. You got Clemson and LSU, Battle of the Tigers. How about them Tigers? So I have a couple future bets already on this. I have two future bets. I bet on I bet on Clemson right around Thanksgiving time to win the national title. And then there was and then there was another bet. The, the I think free, it was the Christmas time you the could freebie. Bet, the freebie that, yeah. that they had with uh, my bookie AG. Use a promo code Darth at checkout, and uh, I I bet them again, and what a shock! I'm taking Clemson the six and a half points. I also like the under of seventy points in this one. I think the QB battle is a draw. Burrow and Lawrence, I think that's a draw. Burrow's having a great season. Lawrence was impressive in that Ohio State game. He was he was willing his team to victory, running through people. He's like six six, and he's doing moves like. Dropping the like doing that little hip shimmy thing where they dip the shoulder to they get the guy to lean one way and taking off. I think the coaching advantage guy has to go to Dabo. Uh, no knock on Coach Ed, but Dabo doesn't lose, especially in big games. He started his career four and nine in one score games. Since then, he's eleven and two. He lost to Florida State and Bama in the national championship game. That's his two one points, his two one score losses. That Clemson defense is better than LSU's. I think they can hold the Tigers' offense just enough to win the, the win the game on the field, and obviously cover if I think they're winning on the field. I think this is a very even matchup. I think Dabo does well in one score games. Give me Clemson six and a half points, and I'll take the under of seventy, as I don't think either team reaches thirty points in this one. So I'm in total agreement on the under with you. Um, and when my bookie put out the free Christmas bet, I also took Clemson as a future. And then I watched the semifinal. And uh, so I had been betting against 
LSU. I took like Georgia against them, got smoked. I took somebody uh, Auburn, I think, against them, got smoked. So I've been really watching this LSU team down the stretch, and um, <clears throat> of course, nobody can say enough of the, about them against that game against Oklahoma. Um, that was just <clears throat> probably one of the greatest QB performances I've seen in college in, in a long time. That was just the first half, right? Um, I mean, that game was over, and they, you know, let they let off the gas. Um, <clears throat> so, with that said, uh, when the line came out for the next game, this championship game. By the way, this is probably. I guess I was really looking forward to that Georgia. Well, I can't say that. I was looking forward to that Georgia Alabama championship. I was looking forward to that Clemson Alabama. But I'm really, really looking forward to this game. Like I'm like making sure I sleep in that morning as late as possible to stay up and watch that game. That game's gonna. This game's gonna take a long time. But anyway, um, with that said, I am now a believer in LSU. Ed Oregoni. Um, Ed Ordron and Burrow. I uh, I don't know what kind of pro Burrow is going to be, but I can tell you right now, as far as the college game goes and those receivers, uh, he is phenomenal. And when I saw that line come out and I got it at six, which anything I said, if there's anything under a touchdown, I'm jumping it, and I jumped it. So my bet's been in for a while. Um, I do think Dabo is the better coach, and I think Dabo wins big games. And I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be a, a great pro, probably a better pro than Burrow. But I don't think they've seen a defense like this. I don't think they've seen a defensive line like LSU has. LSU rotates that defensive front. A lot of speed at linebacker. A lot of speed at corners. Um, I think Clemson's defense will probably be one of the best, maybe not the best, but one of the better ones LSU has faced this year. But I think with those receivers and that ground attack, um, LSU puts up a bunch here, but I don't think I don't think the over goes in. But I'm going to take LSU to win the game on the field and cover that spread. I think they win by around ten points. I think it's back and forth with that ten point margin. I'm going to, I'm going to take LSU. All right. So college football. Let's do a recap. I I've done pods for all the bowls, and I've I've done locks, and I went. Let's see, nine and five in bull picks. I'm 83 and 60. That's plus 19.4 units on the season in college football. I have a 58% winning percentage in college football picks this season. Darth Wager, not to be outdone, is picking at 57%. He's 79 and 60, up 11.9 units. Wow. AK-47 is picking at 59%, 36-25, up 8.5 units. Guns, you're at picking at 57%, 47-35, up 8.5 units. That's pretty impressive to, to, for college football season. Hopefully we can match that again next year. If you guys are following us in college, man, giving away money. Just yep. bet it. Yep, free money. And all the picks are free yep. at www.gamblingchalktalkpodcast.com. We have a college football page of free picks. We got NBA and college <coughs> basketball. We got NFL. Even Darth Wager has an NHL <laughs> picks page. And we, when Major League Baseball starts, we'll have that there. Go there. Click on the Amazon banner. It looks like my book, uh, the first one, uh, fourth and no, not fourth and dead. That's the second one. It's uh, Code Blood Red. That's the first one. It looks like a basketball player with the fire all around him. Uh, click on that. 
You can buy the book if you want. If not, buy yourself something nice. A little bit comes back to help support the cost of the show. No additional cost to you. But uh, the, the real thing I want to sell, coming up, the day before the Super Bowl, February 1st, Nick, it's the annual tradition. It's the polar plunge. This is, this is to, to, to support the Covenant Soup Kitchen in Willimana, Connecticut. And you can go online. I know there's people that listen all over the world for this podcast, uh, all over the country. Go to covenantsoupkitchen.org. There's a little polar bear. You click on it, and you can watch you know, the, four, the, the polar plunges from the past. Myself and my basketball team have done this, raised money for the soup kitchen. It helps people in need. You know, it, it, you know people go through r- rough times, and, you know, and, and this just helps people out. And your donation... Uh, it gets matched up to fifty thousand dollars will be matched by the Jeffrey S. Osteen Foundation. So if you give five dollars, it doesn't seem like much, but that's actually ten dollars. And the Covenant Soup Kitchen, they have like special buying powers. Like the the supermarkets sell stuff at cost to them. Wholesale, yep. So a ten ten dollars is like fifty dollars. So every every little bit helps. Uh, so the Polar Plunge, that's on February first. Uh, go to covenantsoupkitchen.org, uh, click on the polar bear, uh, and, and help support that. I, I dressed up one year as Jackie Moon from Semi-Pro. I've been the Burger King guy. Last year, I dressed up as a priest and stayed in the water the longest. And I wanted to see if anybody wanted to have a little baptismal in the water. But nobody wanted to come back in the water with me. I don't understand why, but it, probably because it was 30 degrees and we're jumping in a river. That's probably not the smartest thing to do. But... Uh, and a little bit helps, and we appreciate uh, your, your support in that and supporting the podcast all year. And I uh, hope everybody has a great end to the work week and enjoy the college football playoff on Monday night.